Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of MetaStrategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest today is Rehan Jalil. Rehan's the president and chief executive officer of Security AI, a leader in privacy ops and data security automation that's focused on enabling enterprises to protect their data and to use the data more responsibly in compliance with global privacy regulations. Prior to Security AI, Rehan was the senior vice president and general manager for cloud security at Symantec, a company he joined following the $4.7 billion acquisition of Bluecoat, where he was the CEO of the Elastica business. Elastica was a company Rehan founded and led as president and chief executive officer. In this interview, we discuss five problems companies are facing brought on by the explosion of data and three of the biggest challenges in discovering sensitive data, the diversity of the systems, the massive scale of data, and the attack surface. We discuss the most common ways threat actors can breach data and some of the ways companies can handle data internally to protect themselves from cyber attacks. Lastly, we discuss individuals' legal rights to their data and a variety of other topics. I wanted to share a quick message from our sponsor, Sykes. Sykes is a leading provider of multi-channel demand generation and customer engagement services, helping Global 2000 companies enhance touch points at every stage of the customer journey. To share some perspectives, I'll briefly turn it over to Ian Barkin, the company's chief strategy and marketing officer. Customers don't want and don't deserve a new normal. They deserve and want a better normal. At Sykes, we know this because we spend over 3 billion minutes a year listening to and serving customers of the world's leading brands. And with that much listening, you can't help but know what delights, what infuriates, and what drives customer behaviors and decisions. So what is a better normal? We believe it's the delivery of a truly intelligent customer experience. The call to action has never been clearer for CIOs, CTOs, and the broader C-suite. New is not enough, and the time for tinkering has passed. The winning combination of technology, talent, and customer insight is how to create intelligent customer experiences and a truly better normal. To read more about intelligent customer experiences, check out sykes.com forward slash ICX. Thanks, Ian. And now on to our interview. Rayan Jalil, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Peter, thank you so much for hosting. I'm quite excited about having this conversation together. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure, and I've been looking forward to it also. Rayhan, you and I originally met uh, through our friends at Mayfield Fund, the venture capital firm that is among your backers, uh, one of the leaders both of your Series A and Series B rounds of funding uh, of venture capital. And um, I was impressed. We, we met at a couple of different gatherings of chief information officers, and people were just incredibly intrigued with uh, the value proposition of uh, that you were suggesting and even the insights that you provided uh, around topics like data privacy and others that we'll be covering in this conversation. It was for that reason that I was really excited uh, to speak with you today. So again, appreciate you taking time. Uh, I, I thought uh, the logical place for us to begin would be for you to talk a little bit about security AI to, for those who uh, are not familiar with it, provide a bit of an overview of the company. Absolutely. So we're a Silicon Valley-based company with a mission to enable the enterprises to protect their 
one of the most valuable assets, which is their data, and to enable them to use the data in a more responsible way in compliance with global privacy regulations. Rayon, you've been a, a leader of four different uh, major security organizations. You were the, the president and CEO of Elastica, which was itself purchased by Bluecoat. Uh, Bluecoat then, of course, purchased by Symantec. You became the senior vice president and general manager of cloud security for that company prior to starting Security AI uh, in December of 2018. And, uh, you know, so, so you are someone who has understood this space for quite some time. We'd love to hear a little bit about both a, a bit about that journey, but also uh, what was it that sparked your interest in the space you currently focus on and led you to, uh, to pursue this as, a, um, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think for, for me, myself and my uh, team, we have been working together for perhaps over the last four companies, uh, including Elastica and Bluecoat at Symantec, where we're running the cloud security business, uh, and now Security AI. Um, and our focus has been to actually enable companies to um, you know, protect themselves in the, in the digital space and, and enable them to do business in a safe manner. What we saw uh, clearly is that as more and more life is uh, being lived digitally, there is an explosion of data. And while actually it brings uh, more opportunities for the companies, it brings the risks kind of along with it um, on, uh, because of this uh, the data explosion that's happening. And uh, on one hand, this data needs to be uh, protected uh, at a very different scale, uh, unlike what it was before. And then new global privacy regulations actually requires that not only the data be looked at at a broad category level, but also through the lens of an individual, because individuals are getting uh, the rights on the data. Um, and then because the data has its own cost, how do you actually govern this data uh, along the way? So we saw uh, the need of a different kind of a system, which enables the large enterprises and, and a lot of other companies to understand uh, what kind of sensitive data they have, how they should be protecting it, uh, how should they be using it in compliance with uh, regulations, and, and also yet doing it in the you know, most cost-effective manner. So that kind of is the mission of the company, that to give that intelligence and provide all the automations and workflows that are required to enable this thing. Yeah, very interesting. What what uh, what was the problem that you were trying to solve? Um, maybe talk a little bit about that and and how it impacted uh, how you've crafted the company. Yeah, I think um, from for from our perspective, uh, we're looking at of course the uh, uh, the challenges that the companies are facing. Um, and as I mentioned, because of this, you know, huge explosion of of data which certainly brings opportunities for the companies, but also brings risks along with it. Um, and some of the, the biggest risks that, and challenges that companies are facing, number one is to actually know uh, that where is this sensitive data uh, across different environments. Uh, a typical company would have the data in, in a multi-cloud environment. They are certainly most likely using you know, IS infrastructure, uh, they will be using SaaS applications, bunch of data will be on-premise, and data would be most likely in a variety of different geographies uh, around the world. Just to even understand the landscape of 
which data resides there, what kind of sensitive data it is, what kind of controls are on it actually, is I would say the very first challenge uh, that the companies kind of face. The second thing uh, is once even you know that, okay, data exists in a certain place, is it protected from external adversaries? Uh, these are the you know people who are actually uh, have uh, the aspiration and ambitions to uh, steal this data and make make use of it in a in nefarious manners. Um, third thing often is that even if let's say externally it is protected, how the data is being used internally um, does it actually open it up for any of the uh, security breaches or data theft or privacy breaches, uh, or you know, whether the data is used in compliance with the privacy regulations or not. So even the internal use of the data, how do you ensure that it is not on the risk of a, uh, of a you know, security breach or a privacy breach uh, along the way? So that's, I would say, the third category. Um, the fourth is when you do collect data from individuals, uh, these individuals actually have rights on this data, whether these rights are tied to um, you know, the right to know, right to delete, right to correct, or even to, you know, uh, change their consent on this data. So how do you use this data in, in, in line with the rights of the individuals on this data is actually kind of a growing requirement as more and more geographies around the world actually enable uh, these privacy regulations. And the fifth one I would say uh, companies certainly deal with is this data does get shared with third parties whether those third parties are the service providers in, as, you know, uh, in a digital manner, like a, a software companies, or even the companies that provide you know, um, uh, the expertise and the services, this data gets shared. And how uh, you can actually keep the data protected while it is being used by third parties and tracking it. Um, I would put this as a top five big challenges uh, that companies face. Um, and these are the ones that we actually try to address and help them along the way. And what are the biggest challenges in discovering sensitive data? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the first thing is the diversity of the platforms. Uh, so there is not one place in which the data is going to be there. Uh, just to make sure that there's a broad coverage uh, and there's a consistent way of looking around uh, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Your data may be sitting in you know, object storage in IS, but you may be using Snowflake and then using some SaaS applications sitting in Salesforce, and you may be your internal application which data is actually in your internal e-hosted uh, data systems. Um, so just the sheer diversity of data systems that exist and to provide the coverage across all those systems and then doing the discovery detection and providing intelligence in a consistent manner uh, so you not have to companies don't have to do it you know in, in different platforms in a different way. I think that's really the the first thing uh, the diversity itself. The second is this scale. Um, even you know a few years back, the scale of the uh, the data was actually quite different. Uh, you could actually have old style architectures, appliance driven architectures, uh, perhaps actually work uh, for data protection. Now we are talking about companies we're dealing with which are generating half a petabyte or petabyte a day of data. There is just no way that older architectures which don't scale uh, can actually provide the, uh, the level of scale at, and the pace at which the data is 
is being generated and consumed along the way. Uh, so that I would there's the second thing. The third is the the breach surface uh, is is uh, expanding. Um, it's not just one place from which the breach can happen. It's not just the one avenue from somewhere uh, where somebody can compromise. And then from internal use perspective also, people are trying to use the data uh, for a variety of uh, machine learning use cases to learn from the data. And more and more you know, um, use cases are on almost every vertical is getting derived up, um, by using the AI and machine learning. And if you're using your customer's data uh, and if it is not being, you know, used with the appropriate controls around it, uh, you can end up, you know, exposing people's data or, you know, having the privacy breaches or security breaches along the way. So I would say these are three big buckets of so diversity of the systems, which is just growing. And then the scale and the attack surface or the breach surface is also kind of increasing. Once you've identified the sensitive data, which is uh, an important part of the, the process, um, how can you keep it protected from external adversaries? Obviously, that's a critical issue that in many ways has only been exacerbated uh, during these times when the threat landscape has uh, become so dispersed. Um, talk a bit about the methods you suggest uh, that the technology leaders undertake. Yeah, so... I would say the most of the bulk theft uh, of data uh, can happen through the simplest of mistakes and issues, right? Uh, so I would say biggest bang for the buck is that try to address all the simplest of the issues, uh, you know, as quickly as possible. And what are some of those examples uh, where often data is left exposed, left misconfigured, systems are misconfigured, is not encrypted, uh, or has very open access either to public or broadly to you know to, to, to third parties whether it is sitting in IS infrastructure in S3 buckets or um, object storage or sitting in SaaS applications, right? So I would say those are the most simplest of the things but can cause the biggest of the issues along the way. Then there are more sophisticated target attacks where you know people very explicitly target your employees and try to get their credentials and from there they can kind of traverse the whole path to eventually they're trying to get to, you know, most likely they're trying to get to data. Uh, or basically do some kind of other harm. Um, so uh, they're also having appropriate levels of privileges, privilege management, knowing who has selected people have access to the data only on a need to know basis um, can be super helpful so that, you know, only you're, you're simply reducing your attack um, uh, surface uh, along the way to get to the data, uh, which is critical, right? Um, but I'll, I will see that most of the things that come into news uh, are often they're simple use case. Somebody left their bucket open, somebody have a misconfiguration somewhere, and the mass thefts can actually be happening along the way. Then activity monitoring on the data. Um, often you want to make sure that there is no anomalies going on, uh, and there is some level of monitoring going on on the the access and the anomalies uh, of access to uh, to the data. Uh, and it's all uh, driven by you know, pro proper privileges and access controls around it. How do you recommend that data be handled internally in ways that prevent data breaches? Yeah, uh, and so in addition to the external threats, there could be a lot of internal uh, threats known or unknown or you know not very well understood. Um, number one thing is the data access 
especially the sensor data, must be on a need-to-know basis. And it should have the right privileges around it, which really means that you actually have automated access controls because data is always evolving. It's not a static thing. It's like an organic thing. It keeps, new data keeps coming. It may have some sensor data and the data may get, keep getting used. So at an abstract level, policies are needed where you can simply, for example, say that which persona can have access to you know, healthcare data or which persona can have access to personal information. And that's the level of policies you may want to define and underlying automation systems should figure out a map. Okay, this, it has this kind of sensor data and who should not have access to it and the access is actually cut off, right? I think that's very, very first thing to ensure that the the... the the, uh, the breach surface is you're reducing uh, along the way and appropriate controls kind of uh, are put in place. To do that, again, the first thing is to actually first discover uh, all the time as the new data is coming in, discover all the time which data is sensitive, what kind of sensor is there, maybe label that data. And then only then this is, is going to be possible that you can apply these abstract level of controls, right? The, the second thing on the, is on the privacy side um, uh, is essentially when, especially if you're collecting data from uh, the users, that the purpose of data use is very well understood. And there are internal controls in place to ensure that data is not getting used for any other purpose except for the one, the one that for which you actually have been uh, you get, get gotten consent for. And it's, of course, as this is a requirement by the most new global privacy regulations that you use data only with whatever you have acquired the consent for. Second thing on the privacy side is kind of it requires you to keep a very up-to-date inventory uh, of the personal information uh, across the globe, across the systems. And in addition to the personal inventory, you also have records of processing, like how are you processing along the way? And of course, in GDPR, you call it Article 30 report, or in general, you call it records of processing that you uh, keep it up to date. And I think uh, maybe historically, uh, sometimes it was done more manually and may not have much, um, you know, um, uh, not always synchronized with the uh, up to date records. Uh, but now, more and more, uh, based on data discovery and scanning, you can actually have this more more real time. The the third thing is that the data, when you're storing this data, uh, or when you're transferring is, in this data between geographies, um, that uh, it is done in basically in compliance with the global privacy regulations, which may actually have geo-residency requirements, uh, like European residence data coming to US may not be, may not be appropriate. Um, and so I think knowing that which residence data is sitting way across, across the globe, and it's not violating you know, any of the uh, data transfer laws uh, is also important. So you actually, for the internal use of the data on the security side, there are some very important needs which uh, certainly can help prevent the um, in, you know, uh, security breaches, but also on the privacy side of things, um, there are very specific controls and automations need to be put in place. Now, as a company, we do provide um, and, and the enterprises the capability to do both of these, understand the data, help put the access controls, but also then you know manage the inventory of it and then um, understand whether it's in the right locations as well as 
the the data is being used you know in in a manner for which the, uh, the data was collected uh, and, and aligned with the purpose of the data collection there's there's been an awful lot of uh that written and contemplated about individuals rights regarding their own data a, a popular topic as it relates to major social media players for example and other technology firms that have so much data about each of us as individuals um talk a bit about individuals rights regarding their data and what what companies need to do to respond to those yeah i think if you look at the modern privacy regulations they actually give rights to people on their data so what are those rights those rights essentially uh, are that a, an individual can come to a company and say you know i want to know what kind of data you have about me you have to give them access to it or they may say you know what go ahead please delete this data and you have to delete it with some exceptions um or they in some certain certain regulations they have a right to actually correct this data if there ever is a breach they have, they have a right to know that data has been compromised and there is often a very a uh, small window within which you actually have to notify them and often there is a right for them to change their consent they may want to revoke the consent uh, of uh, you know how the data is being used right so all these are their legal rights for companies to actually comply on this side it's not straightforward because it's one thing to know where the sensitive data is it's actually another completely another thing to know whose data is there inside the company which is quite complex a task um so once you actually know whose data is there now uh, there could be uh, a lot of automation that can be enabled uh, which can help collect all this information into one place and help create a report get all the required approvals um so you know that automation is needed so as as a company we do provide the end to end uh, flow of collecting these requests verifying the identity um building something that we call people data graph which we simply tells exactly whose data is sitting where inside an organization and almost builds a graph visual graph of it and then all the automations uh it provides in a workbench where there's a bot or the bot which will go ahead and collect all this information bring it to one workbench where people can review it and they can approve whether this data it can be given back or can be deleted or can be corrected and so forth um all this automation can be provided as as part of this uh, what what's called dsr uh, robotic automation uh, uh, to fulfill the individual requests um so as a company we we provide not only the discovery of the data but also the automations like these um to uh, for companies to uh, actually fulfill the rights of individuals on their data data is increasingly shared with third parties uh, companies most companies have a series of strategic parties that help them do what they do help them deliver the products and services that are part of their portfolio uh what are some of the best best practices that you have seen uh companies undertake in order to ensure that their data is protected even as it's shared with uh companies that are outside of their own four walls so to say uh, yeah so i would say the the modern digital ecosystem is actually literally built on usage of third party services um and they talk to each other with various different forms of interfaces or apis right and you would see a typical software may have included you know dozens to hundreds of different apis along the way um and it inevitably requires that there is some kind of a data exchange uh that is going on 
Um, and, uh, and that needs to be very well understood because often you will see many scandals that have popped up is data was extracted out of some APIs and got misused. I mean, Cambridge Analytica is, a, is, a, is a, of course, classic example of that. So first, knowing itself, like where is the data going? Which are the third parties to which the data is actually being transferred? And to what extent this is being transferred and what kind of data is being transferred, it has to have visibility into it because without visibility, you know, no other protections can come into play. And then on top of it, um, once you actually have this visibility, now you need to have some kind of a norms and controls to say, you know, who should be, be able to get the access to what kind of data. And if there is an anomaly is going on in this data transfer, uh, then you should have the able to shut those things down in, in real time. So that's, I would say, on the technical side of things. But alongside you, when you discover that, you know, this data is being exchanged, uh, there has to be a certain level of contractual agreements in place where you pass on the liability to the third parties on this use of this data. Because if you don't have that in place, liability kind of lies with you as a provider of the data. So both have to go uh, uh, side by side um, in place also. Um, and then once, once you actually uh, uh, have these records, uh, historically, you can, you can know exactly what kind of data was exchanged. Uh, along the way, so it can go along with your uh, contractual obligations also. Well, Rehan Jalil, thank you so much for joining me today, uh, talking about this most important uh, lens within the security uh, profile for organizations, uh, the methods that you are seeing work best across uh, companies in addressing these areas, as well as, of course, the role that security AI can play uh, in helping do the same. Uh, it's been a really nice conversation. Peter, thank you so very much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, uh, and thanks for hosting. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Monday when my guest will be Howard Melnick, the Chief Information Officer of Signet Jewelers.